Is Houston less strange than it used to be? In the 90s, it wasn't unusual to see an art car next to you at a stoplight, just driving around town. There were urban animals, these tough-looking roller skaters dressed in black, rolling through parking garages and downtown at night, scaring everyone near them. And there were folk art environments, that was what they were called back then, still being built, weird places like Pigdom, which celebrated a swimming pig, and the beer can house covered in beer cans, and the flower man's house, which was covered in things like baby heads and artificial flowers. Where have those people gone who do stuff like that? Is Houston becoming more boring? What's going on? To talk about that today, I am joined by two CityCast contributors, urban design expert Alan West and artist Philip Pyle II. It's Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Alan, Philip, thanks for being here. Good to be here. Alan, last week on Facebook, you posted a lament that I have been thinking about ever since. Could you read that? Sure. I wrote underneath your post. I worry that Houston is not replacing our eccentrics fast enough. No one's become the next flower. I'm seeing zero lifelong bachelors building dangerous compounds on a bathroom tile, tractor seats, and wagon wheels in their free time. There's only one archive. Who will peddle a unicycle nude around the Grand Parkway is an absurdist comment on the impossible scale of our built environment. What had you thinking about that? Well, I posted that because you were looking for gripes about Houston. This is a serious gripe. I remember first moving to Houston in 2008. I was very young. And there were folk art monuments that you talked about in your intro, where one of the ways I was able to feel like I could belong in the city. I didn't have much in common with the shiny oil and gas headquarters downtown, but I did feel like, you know, there were certain things in certain neighborhoods, like the Flowerman's House, like the Orange Show, that made me feel like, okay, maybe there's a place for me here. So did you just look at these wackadoodle places and think, oh, I can do anything in this wild place? There aren't any limits? Yeah, there's room for anything. You look at it now. And I, I think the first question is, you know, was this guy an alcoholic? Is he okay? But um, yeah, I mean... Houston's sort of, is sort of part of the city's charm, I think, or at least it was for me. Okay, so Philip, what would you say qualifies a person as an eccentric? Well, I think what qualifies you is like decorating your home with found objects or something you collect to the point of your house becoming either an eyesore or <laughs> something beautiful, depending on the person. <laughs> Okay, so if people are like going out of their way to drive by and they're slowing down, you might be in that category. Right, if the city tries to make your home into a tourist attraction, then you might, there might be, uh, you don't yeah. charge admission. You don't, no one goes inside. They might get to walk around the outside, <laughs> but no one goes inside, unless you've done yeah. something really crazy to the inside as well. So can a business qualify as an eccentric? Could Tillman Fertitta and the downtown aquarium qualify? There's a tiger in an aquarium, <laughs> yes. So you go to an aquarium expecting to see fish, right? And instead, the biggest attraction is this 
weird little choo-choo train that for some reason hauls you past a real live white tiger. I mean, it's weird. It's Tillman Fertitta land, but does that qualify as eccentric? I think that's just like wealthy. I think that <laughs> eccentric is, is more like just making it happen from any means. It doesn't have to have any sort of monetary attachment to it. Flower Man's house uh, was essentially just like things people had thrown away that he painted and attached to his house. So he started with just a regular neighborhood tract house, right? What did he do with it? Uh, it was very colorful, uh, mostly yellow, but like red, blues, and green, like all the primary colors. And then just any object that, like, well, well it could have been like a yeah. part of the, like a chest or like a armoire or a, a plastic horse or just like this little foam. He had like a foam pharaoh that hung from a tree or <laughs> all of these different things. And he would just paint them and then add them to this house. And then it was also like a crazy amount of plastic flowers. So how did people around him in the third ward react? Oh, I mean, it was just basically like, uh, that's, you know, Mr. Turner's house. <laughs> that's a landmark. <laughs> but eccentric stuff won't fly in every Houston neighborhood, right? River Oaks, swanky River Oaks, wouldn't let Tony Busby keep a Sherman tank in his front yard. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that speaks a little bit to the change, right? You know, I was thinking in our era, you know, the era of social media next door, I think you'd be hard pressed to repeat it. So Jeff McKissack built the Orange Hill over the course of, I think, 23 years, you know, on a little lot near, near a bayou, which didn't have a bayou greenway at the time. Right. And so you imagine all the Karens on next door. There's a wildlife man. He's hopped up on vitamin C. And he's got a blowtorch. But don't you think everybody in the neighborhood already knew? I mean, people talked before there was next door. Oh, that's true. People did talk. Yeah, people definitely were concerned, I'm pretty sure. It's always a concern about an eccentrics building of that sort of thing. And then it's like, it just goes through that, that phase of like concern into acceptance. Let's run quickly through some classic Houston eccentrics. Alan, do you have some ready? Yeah, I have a little list. Honestly, I was gonna I didn't know Phil was on was on this episode. I was gonna include Phil on this piece. <laughs> he was famous to me a lot you know, early on. Uh -huh. You know, he did he, around the corner from Fireman's house, he did this installation at what was it, the living room where you could just it was Oh the oh the the beauty box. Yeah, with artist uh, Robert Hodge, yeah, we put a living room outside, our grandma's living room outside. Okay, I love that piece, and I really like Philip, but Philip is an artist. Do we count him as an eccentric? We expect artists to do strange stuff, right? I mean, aren't eccentrics people who we don't expect to do it, who didn't go to art school, who aren't getting grants, who are just out there being their own strange selves? I mean, you know, the art guys seem to be in a different category than just Joe random guy in Montrose who drives a hippie car painted with paisleys. I would count him as an eccentric, and we still have some of those around, right? In Third Ward, there's a guy in the neighborhood named Mr. Brown who wears basically like, um, he dresses in like 20s or 30s, like get-ups, huh? everyday jacket, vest, shirt, no matter the temperature. 
So it'd be like middle of summer and he'll just have that on reading a newspaper and he'll just sit down and read a newspaper outside. And that's performance art all by itself. Yeah. One word that kept cropping up for me as I was sort of looking at the idea that there's no reason why any of this stuff really should exist, but it does for, you know, reasons that are probably obscure even to the person who's making it. I mean, am I right in thinking we still have eccentrics, but there aren't as many as we used to have? I think we'll we'll get back to the eccentrics. We just got to let the millennials get a little older. Is that it? I mean, is it an age thing? Yeah, it's an age thing. You got to be old. Because we're... You you got to own property, right? (laughs) You have to to own your homes. (laughs) You can't do it any other way. Unless Biden and Harris forgive student loans. Uh, I think the the path to eccentricity is blocked. That could be a, a big point. I can see the economic argument, but I am going to push back on this idea that you have to be old to be eccentric. So, you millennials, what are you waiting on? Why are you wasting your lives? Come on. It's called poly work, Lisa. <laughs> or are you already eccentric and I don't know about it? I mean, is it all online? Is it NFTs? <laughs> or are you and Philip really eccentrics that... Yeah, Alan, Alan and I will do it. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure. We'll make sure. We make it into our, our late 60s, and then we'll get to work on collecting and transforming a home. <laughs> so that's when you'll get really weird. You know, do you, do we do we think that pigdom was built by someone who thought that they were doing a strategic <laughs> urban intervention? Maybe not in such sort of dry academic prose, but I, I think that's always the idea to change the built environment in a way so it's more reflective of your values and your personality, right? I mean, you want to feel as though Houston belongs to you. And this is it's a good way to, you know, in the, in the case of Flower Man, to shape it in its own image. I yeah. also think, too, is like uh, we've changed from, like, people having hobbies to, like, everything having to be, like, some sort of uh, business. And so... People like Flower Man and the Beer Can House were just decorating their house out of hobby, but they didn't like, you know, like turn it into some sort of revenue stream by being like, you know, come see the Flower Man house and it's now a business, right. flowerman.com. <laughs> yeah. And Philip, you are saying this as somebody who has a city grant to build a monument to the Flower Man on the site of Cleveland Turner's old house. Yeah, it's called the Flower Towers, an 18-foot sculpture of, like, 10 bikes and 20 flower baskets that will be uh, placed where uh, Flower Man's house looks, where Cleveland Turner's house originally was. So these are going to be, like, the bike that Cleveland used to ride through the neighborhood, the crazy-ass, like, decorated with whatever he had. Yeah, yeah, he just, like— Plastic flowers in the basket, yeah. And then, yeah, he would pass those out, but he really used it to be able to then— you know, store up and find items to then bring back to the house. And so we're going to go all in on this same sort of style of decorating. But there was more than just people doing hobbies going on with some of these places, right? I mean, a lot of them seem to have been fueled by substances, like the beer can house. We know that guy was drinking a six-pack a day, right? He wasn't just pouring it. He just went opening the beer cans and just, like, letting it go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me go into the bio. Yeah. But, you know, like there is something like, you know, we talk about visionary art. I mean, they were some of these visions were substance fueled for better or worse. <laughs> and do we just not do that as much now? Is everybody? <laughs> <I am. laughs> 
<laughs> I say I think maybe that the the drugs are different. <laughs> All right, let's end there. Thanks, y'all, for doing this. Now it is time for some Houston news. I'm here with producer Farrell Gibbs. Farrell, what is going on in Houston today? This is a national story, but I've also seen it covered locally that Omicron is leading to an illness in children that we know something about, croup. Ooh, how does Omicron lead to croup? They believe that it's happening because Omicron affects areas higher in the respiratory tract rather than deeper in the lungs. And since children have such narrow passages, even the slightest inflammation can cause a closure of the tract. Yeah. And so are we seeing a lot of kids getting really sick? Well, the the great thing is, from what I'm reading, croup is not as sinister as it is just frightening to hear that, that horrible cough coming from innocent folks who are, you know, between the ages of zero and five, too young to get vaccinated. Oh. So I guess what we can do is to get everyone else vaccinated? That is at least what Mayor Turner has been tweeting and retweeting, especially the past couple of days or so. That is it for today, y'all. Please follow us on Twitter. We are at CityCast Houston. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Farrell is back and he has clean teeth.